Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Currently rocking, I think there's 13 Locked On podcasts on the iTunes Top 200 right now. And actually, some of them are even getting a little bit higher as fans get pumped for the playoffs. And fans are super excited, as are we. So we will break down all of those divisional round games today. Alongside the scout, Matt Williamson, I am Brian Peacock. You can subscribe to this show and all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Apologies, we didn't get to any of the... The Twitter Thursday questions, we'll get to some of your questions next week. You can also always uh, hit us up at any time at BD Peacock or at Williamson NFL on Twitter with your queries, and maybe we'll just plug them into any old show. Matt, I'm excited. What do you think? Is there a favorite game of yours this weekend? I'm excited for the whole thing, to be honest with you. I mean, I really do believe, as a rule of thumb, this is the best weekend of the year for football and then you mix in the national championship game on Monday. I mean, I know that's not what we're here to do, but I'm pretty darn excited for that as well. Um, pretty cool that 13 are in the top 200 for the Locked On Network, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more going forward. Just shows you how much we're growing. And you mentioned Twitter Thursday, too, or Twitter Tuesday. Uh, you and I haven't talked about this, but I was thinking, you know, we're going to try to come at you guys five days a week still in the off season. Maybe we will have a consistent Twitter Thursday or Twitter Tuesday just every yeah. week because we, we get tons of good questions from you guys. Yeah, I think t- Twitter Tuesday is a good one for the off season because that Tuesday yeah. isn't the biggest news day. And uh, we will also be looking a lot at the NFL draft in the off season, of course, lot, yeah. free agency. So there's a ton to get into in the off season and really all the way through the draft is, is nonstop for us. So we're going to have a lot to talk about and we will get to all of your questions and at least have one day per week. That is the listeners show. And, and real quick, just for the audience, the entire locked on network is putting more of an emphasis on the NFL draft this offseason than ever, too. So all your favorite shows you should check out. They're going to be talking more draft than ever. Yes, Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes, and we'll have those guests on our program as well. Yep, absolutely. Let's dig in, man. There's good games here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the first Saturday game, 1.35 p.m. kickoff. We've got the six at one seeds happening Saturday in the afternoon and evening. First is... The Minnesota Vikings, who knocked off a team that we thought was going to go a little bit further in the playoffs in the Saints last week, they are at the 13-3 one-seed NFC 49ers. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously been digging deep into this one all week. I'm sure you're super excited, as you should be. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Vikings are the only team operating on a true short week this week, correct? I Pretty believe sure. so, yes, because yeah, they played they played Sunday. And the Titans so, played Saturday, right? Yes. Okay. Right. The AFC games are Saturday. So right, yes. Um, I just wanted to be sure of that before I start, you know, talking about things along those lines. I mean, the Niners should be very rested. Nobody on their injury report is from what I've seen. The Vikes have are reasonably healthy, but they've been playing, you know, uh, much more grueling games on the road. I think clearly the Niners set up to be the fresher team. There's some real similarities with these teams, though. I mean, they're run-heavy, heavy fullback usage, massive Shanahan, obviously, but I'm talking about daddy. 
um, influences to these run games. Even the even the defenses, while they're different schematically, they both these teams don't really travel corners. They play left and right, so you can kind of target the guys you want, whether that's with Thielen or Diggs or Sanders or Samuel or whomever. Another tactic I think you'll see often from this game is I mentioned the fullbacks. I could see. Use check or even ham just splitting out to the right, and then all of a sudden you got Richard Sherman on a fullback, and you got other matchups to the left, things like that. A lot of formational fun things that'll happen that I think really favors the Niners, though. I mean, a couple notes when the Niners have the ball. The Vikings are maybe number one. I'm pretty sure they're right. I know they're right at the top of the league at defending the tight end. I mean, their safeties are great. Kendricks is a superb coverage linebacker. But I think Barr is somebody that you can pick on. And I think Shanahan will get Kittle and Juszczyk and whomever on Barr and pick on him a lot. I also think that I read this stat just today. I mentioned how both these offense are a lot of 21 personnel, a lot of two back. Well, the Vikings are like the worst team in the league, all 32, of defending the run against two back sets. That's a bad formula walking into San Francisco, if you ask me. And let's talk more about I want to hear your thoughts, especially on this game more than any. But I really like where the Niners sit in this one. I do, too. On paper, this is a very good game for the 49ers. They are healthy coming into this game. Uh, They had... For the first time all season, they had all 53 active members of their roster practicing this week. So that tells you where they're at, and they're getting Quan Alexander back. He is activated today, and D. Ford is looking like he's listed as questionable. Not clear if he's going to be. He's going to have to test his hamstring first. He tried to go against the Saints and tweaked his hamstring, and they had to shelve him again. Uh, He's been getting better and they expect to have him back but it's, it might be a game time situation just to make sure okay. it's not too tight because they don't want him to to re-injure it like last time because they had a little bit of a warning i think last time when he when he re-injured his hamstring that he was tight before going out there so they just want to make sure that doesn't happen but it's looking good for just about everybody to be ready for the 49ers and then for the the vikings what's interesting is adam thielen got spiked or something on Wednesday's practice. He didn't even practice Thursday. He is questionable now for this game because he had to get stitches in his ankle. And the other wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, had the flu this week. So both of those wide receivers might not be 100%, which really, really hurts um, the Minnesota Vikings' chances here because I thought that was one thing that the, that the Vikings was were going to have on the 49ers is Whoever plays right cornerback opposite of Richard Sherman, and it looks like it's going to be Akella Witherspoon. He hasn't had the greatest mm-hmm. last few weeks. That player, if it's if it's Witherspoon or if they put Mosley in there, if they make a switch mid-game, that player is going to have a target on his back. So having both of those wide receivers healthy, I think, is key for the Vikings to be able to take advantage of of having a good wide receiver on both sides That is a, a that is a true weapon that could hurt the 49ers potentially. And you mentioned Barr. Xavier Rhodes not having a great year. I think there are some holes on that Vikings defense that the 49ers might be able to take advantage of. They are good against tight ends and over the middle of the field, so that tells me this could be a Debo Samuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders game, and that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to find his weapons outside. Yeah, probably, and I also think the Niners will be able to control this game on the ground. I think a huge key is... Who gets the early lead? And I think that favors the Niners from a 
scripted play standpoint, freshness standpoint, at home, the momentum, all those things. I will say one of the weaknesses of the Niners defense is defending the outside runs, those outside zone runs that Cook is so good at. But maybe Ford being back, he's not known as a run stuffer, but he's a really good player. And Alexander Speed can help that weakness a little bit too. You mentioned the number two corner being a spot that I'm sure Cousins is going to be looking at heavy. But what if his guys aren't 100%? And I know Thielen made a big play last week, but he didn't do much before that. And he's had a really rough year from an injury standpoint. And then he gets spiked or whatever this week. So, I mean, how much are you going to get out of those two? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Vikes, all three of those skill guys I mentioned, Diggs, Thielen, Cook, are all going to have to have monster games. And my hunch is maybe one of them does. I did my keys to victory on Lockdown 49ers for today's show, and I all all week long I was thinking, man, it's the wide receivers, it's the wide receivers, and and I kind of flipped at the last second. It's like, you know what? It's going to be Dalvin Cook, and I think both teams. And you mentioned the the Shanahan coaching tree, and I had Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings on my podcast this week. Maybe we should have him on this show next week if the Vikings do win this game. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that episode. It was very good, by the way. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, this is is a Kubiak offense. So uh, Gary Kubiak definitely has a big hand in this. You know, Stefanski does as well, obviously, and Stefanski getting some head coach heat right now. But it's a Kubiak offense. It's your classic run game, the Shanahan run game, and both teams run it, and both teams do it really well. And there's a reason both teams ran the ball more than they passed it in the league. Two of only three teams, the, the Ravens, the other. Uh, a lot of that is, you know, because they were winning games and, and closing games out, running the football. But both teams will, I think, start out slow, feel each other out, try to get those run games going because the strength of both defenses is the pass rush. They want to slow down Donnell Hunter and Everson Griffin and Nick Bosa and D Ford and uh, Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. Like, there, that's. That's where this game is going to get won and lost. It's the quarterback that's able to stay cleanest, and it might be the team that's able to run better early and then work off the play-action stuff and get an early lead, and that will be, I think, one of the huge keys to this game. Yeah, I, I agree, and I don't think there's a major quarterback you know, advantage. Both these teams, as you mentioned, have great pass rushers, but I think, especially when you consider in the lines that are doing the blocking, and the home field advantage, the pass rush aspect of this game certainly favors the Niners, assuming D Ford is there too, or even without him. So, you know, third and longs are bad territory for these, this group. I, I like the Shanahan play calling and offensive design better. I think the Niners win this one and cover. And if the 49ers are able to get after Kirk Cousins, Cousins has one of the biggest splits in how good he is when he's clean and has time. <sighs> and how bad he is when he does not have time and he's getting pressured. Right. So that's the number one. If the 49ers get to Kirk Cousins, that is the game over scenario for Minnesota. We've got Titans, Ravens Saturday night, Texans, Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers to get to coming up. Another six versus one seed Saturday, Matt. It's the 515 Pacific, 815 Eastern start time Saturday night. The Tennessee Titans coming off a big win against the Patriots. They are at the one seed Ravens, well rested in Baltimore. Yeah, and we had the host of Locked on Titans on earlier. I urge you guys to check that out. That was a fun conversation. He's very knowledgeable. Um, and, and I think that there is 
some I actually wrote an article about the freaks in the playoffs, and there was guys like DeForest Buckner and DK Metcalf and Henry that if you haven't seen them in person, I think it's a little startling, and you can't really mimic what Derrick Henry is going to give you all week in practice. I mean, there's nobody else like him when it's the fourth quarter and you've tackled this guy 20 times and, you know, it, it's, it's more than you can bear and without question as the Patriots found out. But I think it's even more alarming to play Lamar in this style of offense and the cheat and the Titans haven't seen it. The Titans have had to play basically playoff football for a while. Again, I do think I, I agree with your point that the buys aren't necessarily a huge advantage, and they proved that in the regular season. But I think late in the year with high-quality teams like Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, they'll handle the buys well, and their bodies will pay off and be a little fresher. Um, I mean, Lamar hasn't played since Week 16, so they have a real long stretch. But I think the Titans' D is good, and there's playmakers there. But I think they're going to get bullied. I think that the the Titans will run and run and control. Or I'm sorry, the Ravens will run and run and control this game. And I, I've been pumping the tires of the Titans quite a bit. But Tannehill's going to get blitzed an unbelievable amount. I don't think he'll handle that great. I think they'll also take the approach that AJ Brown's going to get go on Humphrey. And as much as I like Brown. He's not ready to beat Gilmore's and Humphreys and people like that consistently yet. And I think the Ravens will do a better job against Henry. And kind of like we talked about earlier in the week, yes, Henry was awesome in that last game, but they only scored 14 offensive points. And that's great and all, but you better, the offense better score a lot more than 14 points in Baltimore to be competitive. Yeah, that game script that the Titans used and beat the Patriots isn't going to work this week against no. the Ravens and a fresh Lamar Jackson I think is a really important thing because I'm sure even though he's so slippery and he's so good at not taking big hits I'm sure all the carries and all the yardage and all the running he's done throughout the season was was going to wear down on him at least a little bit even if you know he wasn't going to get completely banged up and hurt or anything like that so nice for him to have fresh legs for that offense that's a power-based offense to 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 be fresh coming into this game. And I think that there is potential, obviously, to be a little bit sloppy if you're Lamar Jackson, potentially, because of two weeks off. But I think it helps them more than it hurts them to have that extra bye week. And for the Titans to win this game, they obviously can. And I think any of the teams could win Saturday or Sunday. These are these are very good teams. They're in the divisional round of the playoffs for a reason. And we always see some really fun, funky things that happen in playoff games. But it really has to go right for the Titans. Tannehill has to come out and, and be the guy we've seen him be for most of the season. And that offense has to put a lot more than 14 offensive points up against the the Baltimore Ravens. And, and A.J. Brown needs to contribute. Derrick Henry needs to go off again. It just all has to stack up and go right. And then they have to get a little bit lucky on defense, I think, to be able to stop Lamar Jackson. I did think it was a really interesting point from Tyler on yesterday's show when we were talking about the Titans and coordinator Dean Pease going up against coordinator Greg Roman, yeah, which absolutely. was what we already saw in, in a Super Bowl with when Greg Roman was the offensive coordinator of the 49ers. So he has an idea of how to defend this style of offense. Yeah, and I'm sure he will take the approach of hit it when in doubt, hit Lamar. You know, that that's a I think the strategy that the Ravens better get used to seeing yeah, sounds on easy. that mesh those mesh point <laughs> runs and especially if Ingram's not gonna play. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it sounds easy. And there's a lot of teams that it's like either, okay, the scrape exchange and the 49ers tried that didn't work great. And it's like, okay, let's hit Lamar. That doesn't work great either because he's hard to hit. He's, he's really a unique player. Uh, so that's why I'm talking about luck. You almost have to, you need a fumble at the mesh point or you need something extra to happen for you, I think, because the way they're playing, it's just so hard. But yeah, uh, if you had to pick one, I would say do what you can to try to hit Lamar as often as you can. And, and that's, it sounds easy. It's very difficult for teams. It is. And to take your point even a step further, it, it's difficult too because the plays are so well designed with jet motion right at you if you're an edge guy that you don't even know that you're the unblocked defender at times until it's too late and the ball's gone. You know, like if they put us, put up on the billboard, hey, that left outside linebacker is going to be the unblocked defender, well, then you can crash on Lamar. But uh, if you don't know that until it's too late, well, then you're just you're kind of in no man's land. So they're really, really good with their play design. I mentioned Ingram may or may not play, but that doesn't change my opinion. I don't love Edwards, but he fits the system very well. Um, Jayon Brown is banged up. Adoree Jackson's banged up. That doesn't worry me so much in the passing game. Both those guys, I, I think of more of passing players than, than run players, although they're good. You know, Brown's a good all-around linebacker. Um, I just think the Ravens are the superior team. Much better kicker, better on special teams, although the Titans have a good punter. Um, difficult environment, really difficult defense to decipher as well. I like the Titans. I've been, again, pumping their tires for weeks now. I think this is where the rubber hits the road, though, and they lose big. Baltimore favored by 10. Uh, just like the 49ers game, you've got that one seed, the home team. As the winner, do you give away that many points? I do. I do. I think I might take the under, too, on both of these Saturday games because I think run will be featured. I think there will be a lot of defense. I think they will slow play things to begin the games. So 47 is the over-under for Titans-Ravens. I think I'd take the under there. 44 and a half, I might go under there as well. You know, something like a 21-17 score in the early game and maybe an extra touchdown or an extra field goal to that total in the Titans-Ravens game. I think Baltimore's going to put up a lot of points, but I'm not sure what I'd do on over-under. Um, weather's not supposed to be bad for either one of these games, though, from what I understand. So that's noteworthy. Yeah, it was looking like it might rain in Santa Clara, but that's gone down to about 20% chance of rain there, and it's 65 degrees in Baltimore. Yeah, crazy. Okay, let's move on to Sunday. Texans, Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers next. Some odd times Sunday, Matt. We've got a 12.05 kickoff and a 3.40 kickoff Pacific time for me. I've never seen a 3.40 p.m. kickoff. Let's start with that 3.05 Eastern Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. Another big home team favored by 10 here. I absolutely believe Andy Reid off a of bye week is a real thing, so I trust them to handle it very, very well. I think Mahomes' body could use the rest and... Really difficult place to play. Houston's a hard one to – I think I know what the Chiefs are. They're a high-flying offense, and I expect that offense to be phenomenal in this this matchup and improve defense. I don't love the Thornhill injury, but guys like Chris Jones and the Honey Badger are playing great, and the defense in general has really stepped up this year. But Houston, to me, is like the biggest wild card of any of these eight teams. I mean, sometimes they come out and they look phenomenal – Sometimes they're more of a roller coaster. And so that one makes it a little tougher for me. I just don't know what to get from that team. But their defense 
really worries me, especially in the back end. They're not going to be able to play man coverage against these guys. I think you'll get a lot of predictable zones, and Reed will tear that up, knowing you know what kind of coverages to expect. Sounds like Fuller might play, and that's obviously a huge thing for them. I don't think it's enough, though. I, I trust Mahomes more than Watson, but Watson, again, epitomizes that roller coaster. He could be phenomenal and take this game over. And if they win, I think we'll look at Watson and be like, boy, he was clearly the MVP of this game. But this is another one that I just think Kansas City and Baltimore are way better than the rest of the conference, and I expect another blowout. I think the two AFC games are blowouts. I like Kansas City quite a bit in this game, but when I was researching it, I had forgotten that the Texans actually beat mm-hmm. the Chiefs in Kansas City earlier this year. Mahomes. It was a Mahomes injury season. game, though, yeah. too. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he yeah. got hurt in that game. That's what this game's all about is that quarterback matchup. The 2017 draft class, Mahomes versus Watson, that's a great angle. That's going to be a fun one, uh, but it's going to have to be Watson magic. You know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are just too good. They're going to put up too many points, and I don't see the Texans slowing them down. And unless there's another Mahomes injury or just some true magic from Deshaun Watson hitting some shot plays, getting J.J. Watt back was a big boost last week. Uh, that's that's the only path I see to victory for the Texans, and the Chiefs are favored by 10, which is a lot of points. I don't know if I would give them all those points. I think some of these games might be just a little bit closer because it's playoff football than what these lines are, but you have to straight up believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out with the win in this one. I do too, and again, Watson could rip my prediction to shreds. He's very capable and might be hitting Fuller over the top and expending plays, and Hopkins catching a lot of balls. I just think that's a hard thing to predict from where I sit here on Friday afternoon. We don't have a lot of time left. We've got to turn the page to the last game of the week. It is the Seattle Seahawks going to Green Bay to face the Packers. This is a game I feel the worst about in, in that I don't know what to expect from these teams. I th- think there's a distinct quarterback advantage for Seattle. I also think that Green Bay's defense rushes the passer really well and that Wilson will be under a lot of heat. Their corners should be okay against Lockett and Metcalf. And this is another one like the Watson conversation. If Wilson, Metcalf, Lockett take this thing over and tear this defense up, then he extends plays and is Superman. They could easily win this thing going away. But I don't like Seattle's defense. Um, I don't have a strong feeling. I mean, I said this last week with Philly and Seattle that these are two teams I want to bet against. I, I think both of them are truly not contenders. I think both have a lot of holes. I'm going to take Green Bay in a close one because it's in their building, but I this is the, the game I'm least confident about to analyze. If they were on a neutral field, I might go with the Seahawks. I think yeah, it's they uh, find a way. It's been a lot of travel and, and going up to Green Bay, and it's looking like it might be some pretty uh, blustery conditions there in uh, in Green Bay. 24 degrees, some snow on the ground. You really like that for the Packers. You mentioned the the quarterback advantage that the Seahawks have, and I think that's true, and I think that that's what the Seahawks would need to win this game is to put it all on Russell Wilson's shoulders, go let him win that game. Is that more difficult to happen in that environment in Green Bay in, in poor weather? Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is on the other side. That's It's kind of crazy to say that they have a clear advantage, but the way they're playing right now, I, I would put that out there that, that Wilson is a clear, a better I just would rather have Wilson today with oh, yeah. the way I've seen them play this year. But 
the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, who's still really good, and Aaron Rodgers could go out there and and win you a playoff game like nothing, and and maybe a little bit overblown statistically what we've seen from Rodgers this year, and obviously he's had you know injured receivers all year long. Devontae Adams is healthy now. I like what I've seen from Alan Lazard and some other players stepping up there in Green Bay. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be a huge key in this game. And I think he's going to do enough, and I think that's what's going to be the difference is all of the ways that Seattle could win this game, I think, really hurt them because they're so banged up at running back. And who knows? Maybe this is Marshawn Lynch, and he's he's got a game under his belt now, and he's feeling good. Maybe Marshawn Lynch in the snow can do something, and, and who Maybe. knows? It'd be a great story. But um, Green Bay by five, I like that, and I might even give away those five points in a neutral field I think this would swing a lot more in Seattle's favor yeah I hear you and I give the big coaching advantage to Seattle but I also don't trust them to stay away from the run if it's not working I think they'll stick with it even if they're getting two yards of carry and Lynch looks old and you know not the same but I also think both these offenses really only have two playmakers you know Jones Adams um, and the two receivers for Seattle. But I think Green Bay's defense has far more playmakers than Seattle's does. Diggs is back. That's big for Seattle, and Clowney can be a force. But I'll take the Packers. But, again, this is the one I would least likely put money on. And I'll take the points, too. Another I'll take Seattle that, plus five. And one more thing that hurts Seattle, and I, I haven't seen the latest Friday reports yet, but Clowney missing some practice time, Dwayne Brown, yeah. they, they do have some injuries as well on that Seattle team to go along with all their missing running backs. So it's a tough task, but Seattle could absolutely pull it off. I got to go Green Bay here. Yeah, and I'm a little shocked, though. I just meant the, the words that just came out of my mouth were I'm least likely to put money on this game, but I am a little shocked that five's the number. Like you said, I mean, if this was on a neutral field, I maybe would be at Seattle minus two. This is the one that could potentially get weird, too. If there's bad weather, Mm -hmm. two really good quarterbacks, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, I have a feeling. I tend to agree with you. I don't think there's a a blowout in in this neighborhood. That's why if you're going to give me five, I'm starting to warm up to that as we talk. We're out of time here, Matt. It's the best weekend of the year for NFL football, and we will have NFC and AFC championship teams to talk about Monday right here, Locked on NFL.